podcast from St. John's Lafayette Square, journeying now through Lent. In these conversations, we explore the disciplines we need to live our faith here and now. This is an exploration into the shape of a life well-lived, that is, a life oriented to receiving the gift of belonging in God's life. Savannah, thank you for inviting me to be uh, with you today in uh, St. John's to talk a little bit about my experience in um, icon writing or iconography. has been a um, rich part of my um, faith experience and faith journey. And I'm so glad you asked me um, to get together today and talk about it. As a way of beginning, would you share an image of God that's resonating most with you right now? As an iconographer, <laughs> um, there are several icons that I love and I've been using, but I would say currently, the one that comes often to me is the Pantocrator, the icon of the Pantocrator, specifically the one from the Sinai um that one is i think is considered one of the oldest um icons of christ um it's from saint catherine's saint catherine's monastery at sinai it's a mm -hmm. byzantine icon it's probably from sixth century and um there is the image of christ that is um such a comforting expression it's interesting there is also a mystery about that icon it said the if you divide the icon in half um you can see different ex expressions of jesus face mm -hmm. and it reveals you the duality of christ um so for me particularly there, there is this this mystery of friendship with god that the icon reveals to me mm -hmm. um, but also the pantocrator is is a um, revelation that Christ is Lord of all things, of our lives and uh, the creation. In a time when we has been, we've been so anxious about the pandemic and fearful, that icon is a reminder that God is not indifferent to our pain and God is watching and walking with us during this time. Hmm this image of Christ having many expressions and being the Lord of all, being not indifferent to any of our pain or suffering. Um, that's a very powerful image to share. And thank you. So you have been praying with icons, both uh, through observing icons, through looking at them, and also through making them yourself. And so when you think about how you prayed with icons, um, what, what is that practice like? What is the, the basis of that practice? Um, let me begin with a funny story. When I went to theological seminary back in Brazil uh, in the Episcopal Church, I remember in our first week in school, we had our, the dean of the school offered a retreat for all the seminarians so we could get to know together and pray together. 
And in the afternoon, we had the exercise of praying with the icons. And that was the first time I was introduced to iconography. And I was 18 years old. And each one of us got an icon. I believe the icon I got was on Moses. And they gave us approximately two hours for um, contemplation on the icon. And I remember walking to my room for the exercise and I stared at the icon for a few minutes and I fell asleep. <laughs> I don't know for how long, but I woke up right before the time to go back to the chapel. And well, that experience taught me something. <laughs> Yes. Which is, it's very important if you're going to enter the devotions of um, contemplation and prayer with icons, that the icon needs to mean something to you, you know, be intentional. So the silence and contemplation needs to be intentional and the icon that you are choosing to, to do your prayer um, with, it, it needs something, it needs to tell some story to you um, mm. and I was too young to understand that and just telling us to go away with the icon and and watch the icon was not a good um, direction so today I know better and um, it, I know it's important to create a friendship with the image that is in the icon and that's why for me, uh, the Pantocrator is, is the most important one. The one that I always go back is also when I start writing icons, the Pantocrator was the first one. Um, and and I, I recommend for those who are thinking of beginning writing icons, go with um, icons that has um, less complexity. Um, the the Pantocrator is basically the face of Christ. Um, the key things in iconography are the eyes, are the position of the hands, uh, the expression of the face. So if you get an icon that has, let's let's say the, the Holy Trinity, the Rublov um, model, then you're going to have three faces that you need to, to work on and six hands and many other elements. And I remember when I started uh, writing icons, I, I chose the Pantocrator because um, this image of Christ as a com companion and also was much, um, much closer to me um, working in on, on the eyes, on, on the mouth, on the beard, on the hands. Um, generally, the Pantocrator, not always, but generally has uh, a book in his hands. So the elements for writing, it's, um, it, it, it's better to start with something that's simpler than too complex with elements. Right, just starting with something that's simple. Yeah, yeah. Why, why do you describe it as writing um, rather than drawing? 
Yeah, so that's also something I learned in the process of uh, writing icons. Um, is recommended when you begin the work of writing an icon to, to say a prayer. That's one of the key things when you begin your icon. And when I start learning about that, I discovered that the prayer that you say um, is a prayer of dedication to St. Luke's. And I was curious, why St. Luke's? Mm. Why St. Luke? And apparently St. Luke's recognized as the first, uh, or that's the tradition of the church, uh, of, of saying St. Luke's is the first iconographer. So the, the tradition of the church says that St. Luke's is the first iconographer. And that's because his gospel is the only gospel that uh, reveals the person of the Virgin Mary um, so well done. It's very descriptive. So with that concept of St. Luke's description of Mary is the same concept for the idea of writing an icon. Um, icons are like the gospel, but instead being words, there are images. And then because of that concept of um, proclaiming the good news of Christ through images, we say we are writing an icon, not painting an icon. Yeah, it is the gospel presented to us, not through words or descriptions, but through the way that you paint someone's eyes or the way that you put a particular book in a hand or, or whatever else that an image is communicating so much uh, of the gospel itself. And perhaps in ways that um, our words sometimes fail to do. Exactly. The other thing that iconography does um, in, in the way that serve as, um, is because it's art, liturgical art is a universal language. Um, you can bring people from different cultures in different languages together and work um, in an icon. And, and you and I have, have had that experience of um, mm -hmm. having um, parishioners who spoke different languages um, and having different understandings of God coming together to work in different icons. And we did it through Lent. I think we did mm -hmm. five large icons and every week we would gather again with a different icon and um, paint together. Sometimes we didn't have the opportunity to, to talk to each other about what's going on in our minds, but clearly we were in, um, what is the word, in synchrony, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. working in our colors and working in the shapes and sharing the, the paint or sharing the, the color, color pencils. Um, and it felt really like community. Mm -hmm. So I think um, when you come together as a group to write an icon, it, it helps you to build community and, and creates a space for community prayer. Hmm. Um, that there is in, in creating this together, there's, um, it sounds like real communion in a sense. There's a communion of, of people, especially um, when you think of 
trying to draw people together who don't speak the same language, um, that this is something where uh, community can be possible um, when, when words are so limiting. Yes. Um, the other dimension of, of iconography that I, I love, and it, I think it just, you just brought that up, is um, the sacramental dimension. Um, the icon of Jesus is a sacrament to remind us God or the divine. Um, in, in the patristic tradition, um, they believed that Jesus is the sacrament of God. For me particularly, Jesus is the icon of the divine who creates heaven and earth. So when we come together to write an icon, let's say the icon of Christ, um, we are together experiencing a sacrament that is not, not something that we're gonna eat or drink, but it's something that is um, palpable, uh, it's physical and reminds us of something bigger. Mm-hmm. And, and probably that's why the the tradition of the church likes exemplifying the icons as the windows of heaven, because it's something that is concrete, that opens up to something that is invisible and graceful and spiritual. So I always say, if if you feel cold, or if you feel the desire of doing an icon. Um, you know, in the past, I would say, find somebody who has some of these skills and start learning. And nowadays, I can say, go to YouTube. Yeah. Because you, you can find um, different um, people teaching you different man- ways of uh, writing your icon. Um, I, I prefer to find my own... Um, uh, designs to work with, but if you need um, a easy sketching or a more classic sketching, my resources are all from uh, Pinterest. Yeah, yeah. Go to Pinterest and just type icon, etc. Icon of the Pantocrator, icon of the Virgin, or icon of the Trinity. And you're going to find all the sketching, um, the line drawing for the icons. So you don't need to start from zero. You, you can find the resources out there. So once you um, have an icon, so maybe you created it yourself or with other people, or maybe you just uh, were given it as a gift or something, um, and you have an icon, how exactly do you pray with it? What do you do? The first step is the same for those who are going to write an icon. Find an icon that you have um, strong connection, emotional, um, that the, uh, the history behind the icon has something to, to enrich your spirituality or is from some biblical story that means a lot to you. Don't start with an icon that you're not familiarized. Um, icons helps you to 
to see God um, better and it, it helps to, to enrich your friendship with God. Mm. So that's the first step is to, to have some deep connection with the icon you choose. Um, there is always the element of prayer. So before the contemplation, pray, um, asking God to open your mind and your heart for God's presence. And the following step is contemplation and um, observing what you see and um, taking your time to to imagine what does that icon has to say to you. Depending on the icon, I personally prefer to use a little bit of the Ignatian um, imagination, which is to, to try putting myself on, on that situation. Let's say if it's the icon of, of the three angels, for example. I would ask myself what that moment of sitting with those three strange men, Abraham and Sarah experienced, what they had in mind, um, what they served, um, what it traditionally would happen in an encounter like that. You know, the story of washing of the feet, receiving the stranger in your house. So, Use the time you have with your icon to to explore um, your the imagination. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so the the time you reserve for contemplation needs to be intentional. It can't be just empty silence. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate and- how you describe it as uh, enriching your friendship with God. That's, that's a really um, great way to describe what it is. You know, it's not uh, maybe amounting more facts about God. Uh, you might learn something new, you might not, um, but it's a time like any friendship um, that, that you have to be able to waste time together and not see it as a waste in order to have this window into God, into heaven. Um, just to enrich the friendship. There are things in life that has similar power. Um, sometimes is uh, dried flower inside of a book that somebody gave you 20 years ago. And you open the book and find the flower and then for an instant you look to that flower and remember remember the situation when that happened, remember the smell of the flower, remember the smiles or the tears. So the icon has the same power of um, evoking things from our memory and our hearts and uh, making, making us to um, feel nostalgic or evoke this desire of seeing it again or experienced again. And um, that's why the icons are so important to us because they should evoke in us this desire to see God again and being God's presence again. 
Yeah, in a time like we are, um, coming out of the of a pandemic, um, more than once I had the opportunity to experience that with icons here in my home. Um, and uh, here in my home, aside of the Pantocrator, the, the other icon I, I've been using a lot is the um, Tree of Life. It's one of my favorite icons as well. It's there's this dimension of knowing that seems different as you're describing this. Like it's not the kind of knowing God. Um, it's not knowing about God, but somehow in these images, um, maybe there's a way to get close to God that um, that awakens something, um, awakens something in in the heart. Yes. And in the soul, in a deeper level um, than just um, knowing about God. There is a famous Brazilian iconographer called Claudio Pastro, of whom was one of my um, um, models. He used to say that um, iconography speaks about mystery. And from that statement, I was thinking, icon Christian iconography for me particularly, it's about revelation. Mm. Um, revelation of the divine, God or Christ or the saints. And um, the icon helps you to see what you can't clearly recognize but reveals you something and invokes something on you and even though you see something that doesn't mean you understand mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, the mystery is still there and that's one of the things I like about the icons in Christian tradition it's just you can see a little bit further but you don't see fully clearly. So mm -hmm. the mystery is still there, but there is a revelation. Some of the elements that uh, I can share with you also are the elements I learned from a Brazilian Roman Catholic nun a few years ago is um, before starting working, make the sign of the cross, pray, evoke God's presence, and, and you always open yourself to pardon your enemies. That's one of the key mm. things before mm -hmm. you write an icon is pardon your enemies in your heart and your mind. And then mm. Uh, you can start working. Work with care in every detail of the icon as you are in the presence of God. Um, so you're not, you're not going to be um, sloppy when you work. You're going to work um, with excellence, thinking God is here and I'm doing this with love. It's like when you're doing something uh, to somebody you love, you put all mm -hmm. your strength and your intentionality. Mm -hmm. um, the piece of art that you're creating 
needs to be done in the experience uh, prayerfully. So that's another characteristic that differentiates a, a simple painting from an, writing an icon. You, you do that in, in prayer and it's not only um, in your mind, your body is working towards that prayer. So your 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 mind, you're trying to identify the colors. You're using your hands and your paintbrushes and the the minerals that you use for creating the colors. So your body and mind and spirit is all engaged in, in this prayer. Um, you, you do that in some most of the time. You do in silence. Um, if you're painting, sorry, if you're writing uh, to a particular saint, and if you're working the face of that saint, put yourself um, as as you were, as you used to be, you know, face to face to that saint. So bring that saint close to you. Uh, imagine your dialogue with that saint. Um, when, when you choose a color, um, open yourself to the spirit of God and ask for counseling on how you created that color, how you're gonna use that color. I remember when I was working with this nun, we were seven students learning how to do, um, uh, how to write icons. And she would say, don't pay attention on what your colleague next to you is doing. Don't be jealous about their neighbor's work. Each one of you is going to create a very unique uh, prayer with God. And that's going to reflect in the image of, of your icon. Um, when the icon is finished, um, be grateful. There is always a time when um, you bring somebody to bless the icon. Um, for some of us, has been the way of blessing is bringing to the community, introducing to your community. So if you have a prayer group, you can bring the prayer group to your to your church, place the icon on the altar table, and with your priest or with a lay leader, pray over ask. God's blessing over the icon. So there are different ways of um, experience that uh, devotion, prayer, and blessing. Mm. And there is not one style of icon that serves that purpose. I appreciate how this uh, just seems like very, very material everyday things. I mean, um, paint or uh, pencil or whatever it is in paper, um, but it's this desire of God to be known to us through very ordinary things that, um, that you know, God comes to us in very ordinary material human kinds of ways too and, um, I appreciate the the sort of intentionality and time set aside and a blessing surrounding that. If you have never done the experience of praying with icons, 
or if you have never tried to write an icon, um, give a give yourself the opportunity to to try that. You may be discovering um, a new um, devotion where you can counter God. Um, you can counter live in Christ in a deeper way. It's like prayer. It takes, you need to reserve time and you need to reserve a space where you can, um, be, uh, physical space where you can be with your icon or writing your icon. So it needs intentionality. But that's what uh, friendship requires. Mm. Yeah to create mm. time and space to meet the other. It is about encountering the living Christ. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's not about reading these stories about what Jesus did on earth as if it just is something that happened a long time ago. Um, but remembering that uh, that same living Christ is still alive uh, and is still wanting to be with us. Um, it's not an art class. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's not, yeah, not about mastering an art necessarily. No. It's about encountering the living Christ and uh, awakening. I think the words you used were awakening the desire uh, to be with God. Yes. Yeah. In closing, if you had only one word to describe what this practice means to you, what would it be? It's a revelation. Revelation, a revealing. Yeah, and again, it it just because you see doesn't mean you fully understand. The mystery mm. is still there, mm. but it reveals something new to you. And um, again, the the most meaningful icon to me is still the Pantocrator because. Um, Jesus says to his disciples, if you see me, you see who sent me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So there is this power of revelation of God, the creator, through the person of Jesus Christ. Mm.